This is episode 136 of the Creative Giant Show. This is our 10th question and answer episode. So Angela's going to be joining me again to um, be prompting the questions and have a little conversation. So today we're going to be talking about why um, we have a no electronics in the bedroom or dining room table rule, um, how to determine if your current focus block just isn't going to work and how to switch to something else, and how to conduct a mid-month review. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. All righty, you ready to go, Angela? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do this. Jumping right in. Let's just go. Yeah, let's go. So this one, um, we might have to give a little context for. I'll go ahead and ask the question, and you can talk a little bit about it. So this first one says, I've heard you and Angela talk about a no electronics in the bedroom and at the dining room table rule. Ooh, rules, rules. Would you mind talking about how you decided to do that, how you actually do that, it seems impossible, and what you feel like it's done for you? I'm feeling like media is ruling my life in some ways, but I feel like I do need to be available at all times and that it's what my clients expect. Like I'm going to miss out on important important business opportunities if I'm not always available. Yeah, so here's the thing about this. If you have the 24-7 expectation with your clients, I'm, I'm going to start there. Yeah, please um, do. You really, really need to reevaluate that um, because we can't be on 24-7 unless you're a doctor, mm-hmm. unless you're someone who really is does need to be an emergency response person. Mm-hmm. You can't be on all the time. And I think what that is creating is a situation in which um, your clients aren't getting the best from you. Because they're because everybody's getting everything from you at all time, um, mm. and so you know we'd have to go into what exactly your business model is and what you provide, so on and so forth, right? Um, but I, I just think that's an unsustainable model, mm-hmm. um, and it's a bad precedent because none of us are on twenty four seven, right? Yeah. Unless you're in emergency response, you know, you're a doctor um, or something like that, where it really like someone's house is literally burning down. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, you know, maybe you should be on call that frequently. And the second thing about business opportunities, um, we missed more business opportunities because we're frazzled, mm. not because we're not available. Mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so um, I would say there's probably some um, different systems and processes that you can set up for how you process email, how you do different things like that. I don't know that's a broad question, but we might have to come back to it, right? Yeah. Um, but again, always on. Um, ever ready, so on and so forth, is a can lead to a very anxious life, yeah. Um, where you're just not able to do your best work, yeah. So I'm gonna start there. That's true. Um, well, and I can't help but just throw in real quick that even you know EMTs and firefighters and doctors are not on twenty four seven three sixty five. Exactly, <laughs> they are required to have time off. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so that's, that's really the setup. So I would want to say that that problem, like the problem that she's thinking she can't, 
um, I'm assuming it's a she given our mm-hmm. audience, right? Um, that she can't get out of it is actually, um, there are a few deeper level things that need to be talked about there, probably around confidence, probably around alignment, probably around boundaries um, that are not at all about phones, not yeah. at all about screens, right? But that's um, that's a conversation for another day. I hope you join me on the mid-month, or excuse me, on the monthly momentum call because that'd be a great place to talk about some of that other softer side stuff. Yeah. Um, how we... We've been doing this for... It's been a long time. It's been a long time. 15 years or so? Um, Well, so when did we first really have... I wouldn't say like a PC because, you know, even that was in a place. But like, when did we really start using um, mobile devices? Yeah, it would have been cell phones. Yeah. Right, and so So I think you made me get a cell phone in like 2004. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think it, yeah, it had to do with the deployment. Yeah. Yep. But I actually think it was the, when we first got smartphones, I think that's when yeah. we first got it. So maybe around the time of, of the ago. first iPhone, right? So, um, it was just, you know, the, the thing that you see everything, everybody happening is like, you know, Angela would be talking, I'd be on my phone or I'd be talking, she'd be on her phone. And it was just a frustrating experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, with this sort of, full contact life that we live, we don't necessarily have a lot of time together and we wanted that time to be together. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of set a, a rule of no phones at the table um, when we were together or no phones when we were talking to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that we have a really different relationship with our devices because Angela and I will both walk into the house and set our phones. We have a place where our phones mostly go mm-hmm. and they sit there. Yeah. Right. They're not in our pockets or not. Um, like during the workday, I have my phone on my desk, but normally I don't even see it. Right. So the the smartphones are not a central point of our life. They're not attached to us all the time. And that also means that when it comes to friends, email or friends texting us and things like that, it's like my friends know that if they text me, um, it might be, you know, the next day before I get back to them. Yeah. Right. Because I've just set it at there and I've set it on, I've set it on the counter and I'm not paying attention to it so it's it's almost like no smartphones in the home except for you got to recharge them in the home yeah um so we switched to we've never had a tv in the bedroom no we haven't we've never so we've never had a tv in the bedroom for similar reasons right we um i'll I'll speak to my experience you can speak to yours but Mm -hmm. you know obviously grew up in a in a family where there's a tv on all the time Mm -hmm. and you know just all the chatter and all the noise and it's just yeah and it's always kind of been that way for me. So mm-hmm. after, you know, after we moved in together in the early 2000s, um, you know, we had more than one room because, you know, a dorm room is just one room. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but even even when we had just that, we were very intentional about the TV mm-hmm. when it goes to that way. So right now we actually, um, when it comes to electronics and TVs and things like that, we have one TV mm-hmm. um, that most of the time lives in the closet, right? It's a small yeah. enough one. We'll take it out of the living room because we don't want our home dominated um, by a big TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and we noticed when we moved into this house that like when you look at a living room, mm-hmm. um, most of the time people are trying to figure out how to build furniture around looking at the TV. Yeah. And we wanted to build our living room around how we can look at each other, mm-hmm. right? And how we can be with the people in that room so that we were in the living room living rather than just being in a room being mindlessly entertained. Yeah. Um, so I know we, I know we probably sound very 
I don't know however that sounds, but we're very principled about these types of things because um, we want to be intentional about our media consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when we go out to eat, for instance, and we need to like look at something, like we'll, we'll say, hey, I need to do this really quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I do this and then come back to it? But it's not sitting there looking at the phones and reading it, whatever, reading whatever yeah. on social media while we're eating. Because again, from my perspective, I um, I have a gorgeous wife who I love to talk to, um, and so why would I want to go eat and look at a phone? Like that's not the point, right? The point is being with my wife and and having a good time and connecting. And I think these devices that have us connected everywhere, if you're not careful, they can have you disconnected. Um, everywhere you can't really connect at all yeah and a few things on this um, this is more for just a few things on that no notifications go through my phone mm-hmm. um so no social media no email there's a dozen buzz and click and ring and all the things that it do that it does all day mm-hmm. um and even during the day sometimes i'll turn it on do not disturb so that the only people that can actually get through to me mm-hmm. are angela and shannon Mm-hmm. Right, because Angela and Shannon, Shannon is um, our client service manager and my executive assistant. Right, those are the only two people who really might have something super urgent. Well, Joe is now on there too. Joe is our ops manager. They're the only people that might have something super urgent mm-hmm. that really does need my attention. Yeah. Um, now, what I will say on this one is, um, it's true that especially our family may not like our media habits. Yeah. Right? They may like us to be super responsive and to call right back and things like that. Um, and so there's been some um, tense points about that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time that that's, it's just what works for us. Like we want to be present where we are. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know. It sounds, maybe you have a better way of explaining this, but like a TV in the bedroom for us just feels wrong. It's, it's like, it's like having a, a dining room. It's like having a little eating table in the bathroom. It, it feels wrong <laughs> to me that like that at a visceral level. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, like um, like devices at the table feel like that too. It's just like this is not this yeah. is not right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you already really touched on a lot of like why why we decided to have that rule. Um, you know, part of what got us there, I think there were a couple of things. Um, I don't remember exactly when it started. I have a general idea of when we started doing that. But what I do remember is having several discussions with you because I had recently been to meals or dinners with family and or friends, no need to name names at all. There are people I love dearly. But I remember being with them at a meal and during the middle of conversations, they would get a notification on their phone. And while they were engaged with me or with someone else at the table, they were flipping through their text messages or something like this. And I guess I just began to notice more and more how much I felt like, and it may have just been my own perception, you know, perhaps they were doing a really good job of multitasking and their attention was still on our family, our friends that were at the table, but it just didn't feel like that. It felt like as soon as they picked that device up, that there was some kind of barrier um, that kind of that kind of came down there and that there was a disconnection, even if it was just an, an energetic 
I know it may sound a little woo, but an energetic disconnection there. Um, and I remember that like really just, um, I don't know, it, it really started to bother me. And so I know that that was around the time we started to have these discussions about where we wanted to have electronics in our lives. Um, but it is, I do, I do struggle with it a little bit in that our rule, um, and I hate rule sounds so bad, but it is, I mean, it is, it's like, it's our agreement with one another. I feel like it's our our way. I mean, it's just, I would go that deep. It's just a way. Yeah. But I do still, I struggle with it because, you know, I do have, I feel like I do have more people in my circle now who may do similar things because they've also realized how much electronics, whether they're phones or computers or TVs have distracted them and they've made those conscious decisions. Um, at the same time, you know, I still have plenty of friends and family who, who still do that, who still practice that they're there with their family, their friends, but they're also on devices. And so, um, it is hard sometimes, you know, but I have to remind myself like this is my decision and this is something that I need for myself and I can't expect other people to do that. But I'm grateful that we <laughs> have that agreement and we're able to do that. And it is, um, I don't know, it's, it's comforting too. I find you and I, we both go through this. We're very human and we, we can, fall into patterns, especially if, um, you know, I can't help but mention, you know, the, the political and media cycle that so many of us have been in for months and months now. Um, and there, it's so easy to get back into a cycle of unhealthy habits. Um, for instance, another one would be like when we have a big launch in the business or something that requires us to really be on, um, how easy it is to kind of just drop into those habits again of being completely connected. Um, and then how, how good it feels when I realize, oh, wow, I'm on all the time. And I take that intentional step back. It, I just know how much, um, how much more connected I feel to the people around me, but really more than anything to myself and my own energy and what's happening. Yeah. And, and what I want to say here is with technology, especially these technologies, which are so good about being wired into our, you know, um, nervous system and it just really creating, ha- making us create habits around them. At a certain point you have to decide like, who's the master here. Mm, yeah. Right. And, you know, we're not Luddites. We're not people who are like, oh, no, you know, none of this. But mm-hmm. we are very intentional about, like, who, uh, who is the master in this relationship? And yeah. we want it to not be the technology. Yeah. Um, and so that's just really what it's about. And there are times where we figure where there goes an attention mode, as you just mentioned, Angela, where it's like, shit, crap, like all of a sudden I'm, I'm the slave. Mm-hmm. Right. All of a sudden I see myself reaching for my phone. All of a sudden it's like, no, 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 nope. I know, I know where that road goes. Yeah. Right. And I know it ends up, it's, it's, it doesn't go where I want it to go. And I also know how to get off. Yeah. Right. Um, and 
I'll say this. One thing that people um, have said, I think, to both of us is about how like grounded and present we are when we're with people. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's a huge compliment. And like we want people like we're, that we're with to really get our attention and us to be with them. Mm-hmm. But part of it is because there's not a device between us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it is important just to say like everybody has to make their own, their own call, their own judgment, their own decision about like where that line is for them. Um, but I just appreciate, you know, people asking about that because I know it is something we've talked about off and on. And um, I don't know. I just like to come back to that. Like, why did we make that decision? What is it doing for us? How is it feeding us? Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully others can kind of take a, a bit to think about, like, how connected am I and is this serving me in the best way? One last thing on this is that this actually applies for Angela and I as well, because she might be with her friends and I text her and and do something like that. And if I don't hear back from her, I just don't hear back from her. And that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And same way with me. So like when I'm in an event or when I'm hanging out with my friends or something like that, like it's quite common for both of us to text each other and just not respond until two or three hours later. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the thing about it is, is... we are part of that generation that remembers the before time, right? Mm, yeah. The before all of this. And we made it just fine, right? Yeah. Um, before smartphones, before devices, before all this. Like we, we had healthy relationships where we were able to um, take care of our needs. We were able to do what we needed to do without being constantly connected to each other. So like we, we did okay then. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can do okay now. And what I would want to say is what are the virtues for, from then, from that before time? Mm. that may be lost now because of this new way of, of um, being in relations with, with people through devices, through technology. Yeah. Coming back just to, you know, finish this up and I want to make sure to come back around to the the question there, like, cause they asked what it's done for us, but she also mentioned that she feels like it's impossible to do this for herself. And I think, you know, to, just to come back to that, it was more of a statement than a question, but I would my suggestion would be to just sit with it for a while and think about um, what would feel good for you. And then the important thing is to communicate those boundaries to your clients, um, to whoever it is you're in these business relationships with, and then to your friends and family. And, you know, you may need to let them know why you're doing these. It's not because you don't love them and you don't want to be available for them, um, but that you really want to be able to show up in, in your best way for them when you when you are there. Yeah, well, I'm going to go a little bit harder on that one. You're choosing not to, mm-hmm. right? It's possible you're choosing not to. So something to think about is maybe you find sacred places and sacred times, right, where at the dinner table, Mm-hmm. There are no there are no cell phones at the at the dinner table. You create a little box, mm-hmm. right? That you put it in, um, and so everyone at the table puts their phone in the box, and you just that's what it is. Yeah, right. Um, and it's not all day, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's when you're going camping, right? There are no. So we actually have had this for a long time. Like mm-hmm. when we go camping and stuff, there's also no electronics. Yeah, right. Because the whole point is to be out. Mm-hmm. Right, and not necessarily be glued to the phone. So again, pick those places, or maybe it's you know, um, for two hours in the morning while you're meditating or walking or exercising, like you're on do not disturb so that you can start your day, um, from a place of sovereignty and centeredness. Yeah. Right. And so again, don't think that it's your whole life. Right. 
I mean, it might be part of it. And the other thing about it is you've got a TV in the bedroom. Put it in the closet for two weeks. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Yeah. Right? If you hate it, hate it, hate it, then go back to it, right? Yeah. Um, but if you notice it like you're able to sleep better and things like that, then, you know, then you have a choice in front of you. Is like, is the having that in the room worth more than the benefits of not having it in the room? Yeah, for so. sure. All right. Great. Thanks for, mm-hmm. for that question, for chatting with me about it. Okay. Um, so our next question is from Jeremy from the campfire and he asks, how do you determine if your current creative block just isn't going to work and you switch to something different? And how do you get back on track with a creative block once you start falling off track? Okay. So Jeremy's using creative block. We've been saying creative blocks for years. We're starting yeah. to say focus blocks more. Mm-hmm. So to pull everybody into the conversation that a focus block is a 90 to 120 minute block where you can focus on um, your high level work and sort of high level, deep level, whichever way you want to say it work. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll say for a lot of people is if you um, can, if you can't do the work because when you're listening to music that has words in it, it probably requires a focus block just because it's taken the, mm-hmm. those additional words are taking your energy from or taking your attention. So um, that's what a focus block is. And so sometimes once you start going through and using this methodology for, for making um, plans for how you use your day and how you plan your week, um, you notice it like this morning I was supposed to do writing on the book mm-hmm. and it's this morning and the book is not coming along. Yeah. For different reasons. So there are a few things that you have to check in with. One is whether you're just going through the thrash and the resistance with your work mm-hmm. and it's just a butt and seat time or whether it's one of the more human things like you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? And you just need to take care of yourself and, and get back in there. So can you talk about those a little bit? Like the, the thrash and resistance and then also like yeah, being, well, being human. Being human. So <laughs> the thing about it is... Um, getting into the groove of, of really solving the toughest nuts that you can in writing or creating or something like that, um, there it, it's cognitively taxing and it could be hard, mm-hmm. right? And especially the more intuitive it is to you, the harder it is to explain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because especially if you're trying to explain it to someone who does not know what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so it could be really challenging trying to explain how you. Um, I know Jeremy's Jeremy's um, business, right? But how he ex- how he understands how budgeting um, helps you make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big topic, man. Like, yeah. and how much should I budget? And and is my budget right? And um, you know, which which money habit should I start with? These are all sort of Jeremy's questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or that he teaches. And so those are really really sort of meaty, chunky things. Like you can't just sit down. And figure it out, and especially, and this is important for those of us who are our teachers and coaches and consultants and advisors who talk so much. Mm-hmm. It's just a completely different scenario than when you're talking to someone live, mm-hmm. and when you're sitting there talking to your screen, right? And it's just a different process. Yeah. And so that's where sort of the thrash and the resistance comes up because it's just hard. You're trying to figure it out. You don't know whether it's working. You don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Quick pro tip here. Um, Always start in the middle. 
right? Don't mm-hmm. start with the start, right? Okay. In the sense, for if you're trying, this is for nonfiction writers and things like that, right? Um, don't worry about the end. Don't worry about the beginning. Just start with the model. Start with what you're trying to explain, mm-hmm. and then go backwards and try and and you're you know write your intro to that. Yeah, um, it's a great way to keep those demons from keeping you down because that's a hard part. Like, how mm-hmm. do I set this up? Yeah, like where do I start? Well, start in the middle. Start with the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then build your way back to it. So, quick tip there. So. Um, you know, I could go on this for a while, but I think most people in the creative zone know what I'm talking about when it's that resistance and that thrash and you just kind of have to sit through it. Yeah. Right. Then there are times where, um, you quite literally are in a fog because you're hangry, (laughs) hangry, right? (laughs) Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm -hmm. Because remember you're creating the stuff that you're creating pulls from an emotional well. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, what do you create pulls from a well of emotion It pulls from a well of expertise. It pulls from a well of curiosity. It pulls from a well of inspiration. It pulls from a lot of different wells. And one of those wells that it pulls from is your emotional well. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, if, you know, you're depleted emotionally, if you're turbulent emotionally, like whatever that is, you might be getting no water from that well, mm-hmm. or you might be getting muddy water from that male, that well. Right. And that's important to understand that that's, that's a part of what, what's coming together for your creative work. Mm-hmm. So, um, sometimes the best thing to start with is like, you're like sitting there, you're like, you know, I just can't think I can't, I can't you know, like get focused on this role. Yeah. I should say, if it's focused, then there are all sorts of things to do to eliminate interruption, intera- interactions, or excuse me, interruptions and distractions. Mm-hmm. And so I'll assume that most of those have been conquered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's just like you haven't eaten right. You got up too late. Um, there's noise in the background that you got to go figure out what to do with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just those parts of being human. Yeah. Um, and um, I think most people live at a level of depletion and exhaustion mm-hmm. that's become a norm. Yeah. Um, and there's like an epidemic of tired and fatigue and exhaustion and anxiety and things like that. Right. And so when you do have these blocks of time and, you know, in your schedule, that's when your body's like, okay, now, like now's the time I could take this break. Right. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we're, we're fighting fires and we're in the flow and we're reacting and things like that. But during those times where you're supposed to be quiet and doing your focused work, that's when your body's like, oh, okay, I can relax, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's coming off of that. So um, that's not necessarily what to do about the focus blocks. It's just um, one of the things that prevents a lot of good use of those focus blocks is that people are going into them, you know, tired or dehydrated or hungry yeah. or um, uncentered, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so that's in some ways why is why um, every day I start my day, even if I can only get five or ten minutes in, I'd like more like thirty minutes with just either meditation or quiet thinking time or unstructured thinking time. Um, just so that I can kind of clear out some of those emotional wells and make sure that I'm pulling from a good place there. Mm-hmm. I can check in with whether I'm tired or not. Um, and um, the hard part for me is letting go when I'm tired mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, I'm, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I need to do something else rather than just trying to like force it. Yeah. Right. Um, but where I am right now is at a point to where just really practicing um, not forcing it and mm-hmm. seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also asked in that sort of things, like, should you switch projects? Mm-hmm. Um, that one's a hard one too, 
right? Yeah. Um, because if you if you're constantly switching projects, then that could be hard. I I know. Depending upon when this question was asked, um, I know that he had some different system stuff that was in the way. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, he was trying to do C, but he needed to have the system in place for A and B. Mm. But he didn't plan on having that, like how hard it would be to get A and B set up, mm-hmm. and so he couldn't get to C because he was stuck on A and B. Yeah. Right. And if it's one of those scenarios, then do A or B because you got to do A or B. Yeah. To get to C. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's absolutely how you do that. Just like okay, I. I made a misjudgment of what needed to happen first. Here's what needs to happen first. Jump into that and then, you know, drive on. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when it's just like, yeah, it's, it's the simple thing, not the easy thing necessarily. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay. Great question. Uh, Lastly, um, from Nadia, she asks, can you please explain how to conduct mid-month reviews? What should I be focused on and what should I look out for? Okay. So first place I'm going to say, um, well, I'm going to first say, thanks, Nadia. This is a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing I'm going to say is there is a post on, on the website. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes. It's called The Mid-Month Review. Mm-hmm. If you Google The Mid-Month Review, I'm probably going to come up because it's one of those really nerdy things that people don't talk about. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so Mid-Month re- Review tells you what it does on the tin. Right, it it's a, a review that you do at mid month, and here's why it's why it works. A lot of times, when you are in a monthly planning cycle, like you have, like here's what I'm doing for the month, and then you kind of forget about it. Yeah, and then you get to the end of the month, you're like, oh crap, I've been working on the wrong thing for like the last two or three weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. the first week is awesome. Oh yeah. The second week is the second week. You know, you might be on point, but the third week, you're like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of sounds like New Year's resolutions almost. Same thing. <laughs> Um, there should also be mid-year reviews, yeah. Um, but we won't go there for yeah. now. Um, same thing. Um, so that's what a mid-month review is, and that's why it's important, just so that you stay on track and that you don't get to the end of the month or you get to the sort of you know mid, mid-third of the month and you're like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. So a few questions to ask, and I'm just pulling these from, um, from the website because mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to recreate the wheel too much here. Um, the first thing to ask during the middle of the month. So when do you do a mid-month review? Sometime around the middle of the month. <laughs> um, now, it doesn't have to be the 15th. No. I try to look for for like a good Monday or Sunday, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's on the 18th. Sometimes it's earlier than that, right? It just makes sure that it's, it, it meets your planning cycle. So for instance, in February, um, the, mid, the middle of the month was, um, you know, you can either... Yeah, it would probably be around the 18th or 19th if you were going to do it on the weekend um, um, or the 15th. Like, So you can do it different ways that way. And it's like, like March is um, – give me just a second. I'll figure out what March is. Um, March's mid-month review is um, about the same amount of time – about the same time. So they both fall on Wednesdays, it looks what like. What about April? April. Um, jumping forward to April. Um, so April's a good one. So you've got like that, that weekend of the 14th, 15th and 16th mm-hmm. and 17th. Like that's a good sort of mid month planning cycle. So again, don't get super rigid about, oh, it's got to happen on the 15th every month, mm-hmm. 15th plus or minus, you know, two or three days when you're, when it's a good planning cycle for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, we used to send out an email on the 15th of every month. Mm-hmm. That said, hey, it's time for a mid-month review. Yeah, and then we link back to the blog, um, or black back to that blog post. Um, I think we just stopped doing it. I don't know why. I don't remember. 
Okay. Anyways, um, so the first place you want to start with is what have you accomplished this month? So mm-hmm. what you want to do is look at the goals you set at the beginning of the month. I'm assuming that you're doing some type of monthly plan. If you don't know how to do that, we do have some great resources on um, ProductiveFlourishing.com forward slash free dash planners, right? So a lot of great stuff there on how to do a monthly review. So you're going to check in, say, based upon my monthly goals um, and um, what I've been working on last week, what have I accomplished? Now, mm-hmm. notice that if you accomplish a bunch of stuff that was not on your monthly uh, plan or not a part of your monthly plan, you probably have a lot of emergent uh, emergent projects coming up, and you're probably miscounting um, mm-hmm. the projects that you actually do need to focus on. You're just putting the stuff you want to work on, not the <laughs> stuff that you have to work on. Yeah. Right? And so um, you start with a place. You start with what have you accomplished. So you're going to start from that strong spot. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, I have been getting stuff done. Um, second question is going to be what goals or projects need to be adjusted or dropped based upon what's actually happened. Mm -hmm. So you get to the middle month, you said you're going to do five things. You're looking at it. You've done two things Mm -hmm. like you have an inflection point. Okay. Like, are you going to double time and make up Mm -hmm. or do you just need to look at it and say, you know what? That's not realistic. This thing happened. This emergent sort of project happened. Um, you know, it snowed for a week and I spent all of the time that I was going to spend working on something, shoveling snow, right? (laughs) Whatever that is, right? Uh, um, And you adjust, you know, in the middle of the month. Mm -hmm. It's okay to adjust. Yeah. You know, no plan survives first contact there. Um, So after you make that adjustment, then you sort of recock your priorities. So what are the priorities for the rest of the month? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you dropped something, then it might be that that's no longer a priority and you could sort of re-intention in the middle of the month. But if you decide, you know what, I'm not letting those other three things go that I didn't get done. Well, then you got to like figure out how you're going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, again, if you have too many priorities, you really have none. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, a time to do that. Now, the fourth major question here is, what bills need to p- be paid and do you have funds in place to cover them? Now, you might think it's funny that I throw in the what bills need to be paid, but how much of our um, work gets disrupted because, you know, we have a bill that comes in that we weren't planning for. Or we didn't have the funds in place that we needed to, and all of a sudden we're scrambling. Mm-hmm. So the middle, the mid-month review is a good time to check in to make sure that you have the funds needed for the bills for the rest of the month and that things are in place. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're um, if you're living well and you're financially um, in a place where, like, you know, you're making considerably more than your expenses need and you got everything set up on bill pay, then this might not be important to you, yeah. right? If you're at a place, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and um, people are where, you know, the cash flow can have a big impact on what your priorities need to be, mm-hmm. then pay attention here, right? Mm-hmm. And just know what that what that nut needs to be for the next few weeks and what and how your priorities stack, how your priorities and projects stack to get you there. Mm. Another question, what projects or tasks have fallen off the radar? That's, again, one of those things like, oh, I forgot about that thing. I got to get back on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just making sure that you're um, what we'd say in the military, like you're covering your six. Right. That yeah. you're just not going through the motions and forgetting things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and last and an important one. When was the last time you rewarded yourself and when will be the next? Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, because I think we get so stuck in the grind and the doing and the, that we just don't stop and say, you know what? Like, it's been a while since I've actually taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. Or it's been a while since I've celebrated. Celebrated. It's been a while since um, I've actually felt like I've done a good job. Mm, yeah. Right. 
And so, um, yeah, those are sort of the six questions you might ask to do a mid-month review. It doesn't take that long, 15 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Again, one of those things, don't do it in your working space. Do it in a thinking or sort of free space. So a coffee shop is great. You know, if you're um, if you're an employee at an organization, like steal that unused meeting room. Mm-hmm. Those can be really good places to go. Um, go to a library. You know, do it on your kitchen table. That's fine, but do it in a place um, where you can focus on it and where you can be complete about it. Um, and the point is not to do it to beat yourself up. Yeah. But the point is to keep your momentum going and to avoid those surprises that will throw you off the rails. Yeah, for sure. Have anything you want to add there, hon? No, I mean, the only thing is, is I just, I really love with this process that you're starting with like, hey, what have I done? Like, what have I accomplished? What is good? Because it's so easy to focus on what we're not doing or what we haven't accomplished. And then, you know, kind of like, I kind of think of it as a love sandwich. Um, yep. You might have different <laughs> different words for it. But then, like, how are you rewarding yourself? How are you actually stopping and saying, hey, I did this. I got this done. Um, you know, maybe your reward is, um, I don't know, a day out to hike or a massage. Or it's just actually taking the time and looking at all the things you've accomplished. So I just, I think that that's so important. Thank you. Well, um, I'm going to paraphrase Gandhi or it might actually be the quote. We'll see, but it's, um, you know, there's more, there's more to life than increasing its speed. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fundamental way we need to think about productivity and getting stuff done. But I'd also ask like, all right, I also say there's more in life than just getting stuff done. Yeah. Right. And and the whole point is that flourishing and that thriving, which is why the website is called Productive Flourishing. Mm-hmm. It's not called Flourishing Productively, right? Yeah. It's Productive Flourishing because the point is for you um, to be doing the things that make you come alive or be doing the things that are in service to other people, keeping food on your table, so on and so forth, but fundamentally to flourish. Yeah. And so the mid-month review is just one of those checklists and processes um, that can help you you know, stay the course mm-hmm. and adjust to the course when it needs to change. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. All righty. So um, we're going to wrap this show up. We went a little bit longer this time, but there's some really great questions. So especially yeah. the first one around electronics and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, just to sum a few things up, when it comes to technology, make sure that you're not being the slave mm-hmm. and that you're being the master as mm-hmm. much as possible. Um, when it comes to the focus blocks, um, if they're really not going the way that you want them to go, you know, are, is it the thrash and the resistance or are you just hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and you just need to make a different change there. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the mid month review, it's not about, you know, seeing what you haven't done. Mm-hmm. It's about seeing what you have done and what needs to shift so that you can go forward smarter and better. Yeah. Alrighty guys. So most of these questions come from the creative giant campfire. This is our free Facebook group where we kind of hang out. People ask questions. Um, we provide resources. We um, give people a place to talk about their work. It's a really fun community for um, for creative giants or driven change makers, right? If you don't know what this creative giant thing is about, just consider yourself a driven change maker that likes to get stuff done. You can find it on Facebook by searching Creative Giant Campfire, and there's only one of them. So um, you can join that group. 
and um, come in there and, and see what's going on, celebrate your wins, hang out with other like-minded folks, um, mm-hmm. and resource share. Until next time, stand tall. We're having some great conversations in the Creative Giant Campfire, our free Facebook group. Search for Creative Giant Campfire in Facebook to join us there. It's where we're grabbing these suggestions, but we're also sharing prompts, micro-posts, and other content that helps us stand tall together. And if you're digging the Creative Giant Show, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes. If you're not familiar with how to do this, there's a walkthrough available on the podcast page on ProductiveFlourishing.com. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, creative giant.